much for for being here. Like I say, I, I don't think I've seen it this low. And uh, but anyway, I hope that the people that hadn't made it here, I hope they're having a great time. I just I hope they just took time this morning to worship the Lord among themselves and just thank Him for the time that they could be away and still be in His presence. You know that song we just sang, what a day that will be when I look upon His face. What do you think you're going to do when you stand before Jesus and you look upon His face? I don't think you're going to be able to stand. I think you're going to fall flat on your face and just start worshiping Him. You know, that is going to be such an experience, such a going on that, that, that day that he, he calls us home and we look up and there he is. Man, I tell you what, we've got a, a, a bunch of us in here, we've got family members. I wish they could just come back and sit among us and tell us what that's going to be like. But, uh, you know, Monday we will be celebrating Memorial Day. And Memorial Day, Memorial is just simply what we call remembrance. We're remembering someone. We have a memorial service for someone. We're remembering them and what they meant to us and, and all the things they did in our life. Well, all these soldiers that didn't make it back home, that's what Monday is. We're remembering how much they gave so we can even be here today. You know, they didn't make it back home. And, uh, and I thought, well, what did I want to do for something like this? And I got to thinking, you know, somebody we really need to remember, and all that they did for us is Jesus Christ. I, what I'm going to do today, I'm going to do the last seven sayings of Christ on the cross. This is the last thing he did before he died. And as we look at these seven last sayings, we see Jesus in a whole light. We see the kind of a person he is. We see his love. We see his mercy. We see his compassion. We just see his love. What he did, you know, over in John 15, 13, Jesus said, Greater love has no man than to lay down his life for a friend. And Jesus, right down in the next scripture, says, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. So Jesus calls us friends. And he laid down his life for us so that we could have eternal life. And we'll be with him one day, just like we said, and we're going to look upon his face. And it's just, some of the thoughts probably is going to come into our mind. All that you did, all that you did for us, how can we ever thank you and we, you know, really, best way we can thank him is faith in him, believing in him, serving him, honoring him by following after him. You know, it says, take up your cross and follow me. That's the way we can serve Jesus. Take up our cross and follow him to help others know him as you know him. You know, there's really no set rules in what... The Bible is so full of things that we could say. But the best thing you can say is what is on your heart. What he means to you, what he's done for you. And you can share that with others. And that would mean more 
and you picking up the Bible and reading them something. This is personal from you to them about your Savior. And uh, that would mean a lot to them. <coughs> you know, the last words of Jesus spoken on what we call Good Friday. Good Friday, you know, what is good about Friday? Well, Friday is the day that our Lord and Savior died for our sins. That He took all of our sins away. For all those who would believe upon Him and receive Him, He removed your sins. And uh, I want to look at these seven last sayings Jesus uttered from the cross. And uh, each of these sayings, like I said a while ago, He kind of tells us something about Jesus. Each saying is coming from the heart of Jesus. And we see Jesus in a, he, like I said, we see his compassion, his love, and everything. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus was nailed to that cross at like 9 a.m. in the morning. And then about noon, God did something. A total darkness come down and covered. His son was on that cross. Even one of the centurion soldiers, Roman soldiers, looked and he saw all this going on and he muttered those words truly this is the son of god he even knew that that jesus hanging on that cross was truly the messiah the son of the living god and i just wondered if that really changed his life, did he give up everything else and follow Jesus? I think he did. Because that meant so much to him. He, he saw and felt something that, that uh, he had never seen or felt before. Uh, but total darkness covered that whole region. And then about 3 o'clock that evening is when Jesus died on that cross. From 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock he hung on that cross for us. And about 3 o'clock, he died. And the first three sayings that Jesus spoke was before noon. And then the last four were about 3 o'clock, just a little bit before he, he died. And what I want to do, the first saying, I think we all know it because we've heard it and said it so many times. And this is out of Luke 23, 34. It's recorded in the book of Luke. <coughs> which simply says, as Jesus hung on that cross, he looked down. And he looked at all the people standing there watching him. The Roman soldiers, those that still loved him and believed he was the Messiah, and then those that didn't know for sure. But he just looked at them. And then I think he looked up at the sky. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus was asking forgiveness for his enemies even. Even those Roman soldiers that were killing him, putting him on that cross, nailing him to it. He says, Lord, they don't know what they're doing. They haven't been taught yet. But Lord, forgive them. See, that was Jesus' heart. That's what he was feeling. Jesus' last word shows his great love, even for his enemies. And uh, after all, you know, forgiveness is why Jesus came to this earth. He knew what he was going to go through. He knew he was going to suffer. He knew this wasn't going to be an easy task for him to do. But he was going to do it. 
because it would please the Father. And it would, and for all who would believe and accept him, it would also give them eternal life. So he was ready to come. He was ready to die on that cross. You know, and, uh, but just like uh, Jesus showed us uh, on the cross, he showed us what he did. But you know, Jesus never asked us to do something that he didn't do. He didn't tell us to go out and do something that he hadn't done. He knew how tough it was going to be. He knew what we was going to face because he knew what he faced. And uh, if we look back in this world today, there's a, just a time of hate and anger. It just It's everywhere where we look. You turn on the news, it's just murders and killings and just everything in the world going on in this time. It's just a world of hate right now. I don't know how much longer that, that, that God's going to let this world stand. It could, he could come back right now before we ever even left this church. We don't know when he's coming back. But I don't think it's going to be all that much longer. There's too much going on, too much happening, that uh, his word tells us when you start seeing these things happening, it's not the end, but it's getting close. So just keep your eyes on that sky. Keep your eyes on that eastern sky. That's where he's coming from. And just listen. Don't be looking, but listen. Just, just listen for the sound of the trumpet. That's what you're going to hear. And uh, so it is getting close, and it's getting close. But that was that was the first word out of his mouth. Love, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Jesus, and Jesus also tells us that we are to forgive as He forgave. You know that's hard, isn't it? That's hard. We've had things happen to us. But have you had anything happen to you that Jesus hadn't had happen to him and yet he could forgive? We just have to forgive. And sometimes it's hard. And that second saying on the cross, it was a word of promise. You know, whenever Jesus made a promise, it was as good as done. When he promised that this will happen, I, it, will ha it, it was going to happen, you could count on it. And here, this word of promise comes in, in Luke 23, 43. There was two criminals that was crucified beside cross, beside Christ on the cross. One of the criminals was just like the world out there. They was putting Christ down. They was belittling him. But there was this one criminal that believed. He called him Lord, said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said something to him. I'm going to read here the, the, the scripture. It said, and it said and this is Luke 23, 43. Jesus, he said the, to the criminal, uh, the criminal was speaking to Jesus. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Truly, I tell you today, you shall be with me in paradise. You know, Jesus was already promising this criminal. Jesus had forgiven him of his sin. He said, this day, you shall be with me in paradise. You know, this criminal, we'll think about it, he had only moments to live. But in those last moments of his life, he came to Christ. He came to Christ. No telling how, I don't, we don't know how old this criminal was or anything about him. We don't know what all he did. 
But for him to be put on a cross and suffer like he was going, like he was suffering, the Romans, they came up with the cross. They came up with the suffering. They came with the cross and nailing these criminals and, and murderers and everybody that, that was against them, they nailed them to a cross because there was so much suffering that went on. And they did this to deter the violence and the criminal activity. Because they knew if they got caught, that's where they was going to be, was on that cross. And on that cross, they also would nail a letter telling the people what this man had done. They knew why he was there. Boy, you, and they'd say, the, oh, we, we don't want to rob nobody. We don't want to kill nobody. We don't want to do what this guy done. Look where he's at. That's what, that's what they're going to do to us. And they say that, that uh, it, it did away with a lot of crime. Because the people did not want to go to the cross. They knew the suffering. They knew how hard and terrible it was going to be. And uh, so, you know, as we look at this, we see a couple things that, ha that happened. First, when a person dies, they immediately enter into the presence of God. They don't delay. delay. He said, this day, when you die, immediately you will be in heaven. You'll be in paradise with me. There's no waiting. Over the book of Corinthians, it says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Now, he's talking about our spirit. Oh, the body's still here, but the spirit goes to be with the Lord. I know at funerals and things, I've talked about this. And, you know, and it, it, it says, in, and the body or the, or the house, the tent, shall return back to dust as it was. But the Spirit shall return to God who gave it. Yes, the body stays. And one day that Spirit and that body will reunite. But at that moment, the Spirit goes back to the earth from which it came. But the Spirit goes back to God. He said, and the Spirit goes back to God who gave it. So that Spirit goes right back to God. And then we see and two, have you ever thought about this? This criminal bypassed death. He never saw death. The only thing he saw was eternal life. And the second thing, God continues to reach out to a person throughout their life, even up to the point of death. That, like I said, that criminal just had moments to live. But that moment, he, he realized there is a God. And this is God hanging next to me on this cross. I believe this is God, and I'm just going to ask him if he'll forgive me of my sins. He, he, he knew in his heart that Jesus was the Son of God. And when he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And that's when Jesus looked back at him and said, For this day you shall be with me in paradise. So we see that, that Jesus' love and compassion, it just keeps going on and it never stops. It never stops. His love, his compassion, his mercy, his grace continues on and on. Just think about it, and that's daily. It says, and his grace and his mercy is new daily. Daily. Everything's new. But he told that criminal, yes. Yes, you will be with me today. I will remember you. And then that third saying on the cross, it was a word of love. 
Can you imagine hanging on a cross, nailed with those big spikes, hurting, bleeding, having trouble even breathing? And it says here, that, that we'll find this, the, a word of love is in John 19, verse 26 through 27. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. He was asking John, John, you know I love you. And you know how much I love my mother. So John, I'm asking you to take care of my mother as if she was your mother. I'm putting her in your care. And then, because that's when he said to John, Behold your mother. He says, John, this day, my mother has become your mother. And I want you to watch over. I want you to take care of her. I want you to meet the needs that she has. You know, and we look at that. Even while Jesus was on that cross suffering and hurting, he was concerned about others. He wasn't concerned about himself, but he was concerned about his mother. And on, on that cross, Jesus made sure his mother would get the care she would need from a trusted disciple whom he loved very much and whom that disciple loved. Jo Jesus knew that John would take care of his mother just like he would. He put his mother in John's care. You know, back then, that was a time when, when many widows and orphans were often mistreated, neglected. Many times, a woman would die her husband may already be, I mean, excuse me, her husband died and she'd be left a widow. Many times she had no help whatsoever with going through, she didn't have any children or anything like that. There's a story in the, in the Bible about the widow of Nain. She was a mother and her one and only son had died. Her husband had died. Jesus saw her crying and weeping, knowing, he, Jesus knew what had happened. And Jesus just stopped. And he walked up to, the, up, to, up to the coffin. They called it a bier. In which this young man was laying on that had died. He didn't say anything about Jesus touching him. But he said he laid his hand on that bier. And that young man sat up. And he gave the mother back her son. To take care of her. Because there was no, uh, no more family, no others. She would have been totally alone. You know, it's hard to have a funeral when Jesus is around. It's hard to have a funeral when Jesus is around. I read a story one time. It was called The Forbidden Funeral. And it was the story of the widow name. That, that funeral had to stop. It was forbidden to be taken place. Because Jesus raised the dead person and gave them back life. See, that's Jesus' love. That's his compassion. You know, and uh, I think that's one thing where the story comes from, and I love it. It says, when Jesus was on the cross, we were on his mind. He was even thinking about you and me when he was on that cross. That's love. That's Jesus. That's our Lord, and that's our Savior. And that fourth saying on the cross, it was a word of despair. In Matthew 27, verse 46, it says, About three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sachibati. 
in Aramaic that simply means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, Jesus, my Father, why have you forsaken me? Well, Jesus knew why the Father, he didn't really forsaken him, but he couldn't look at him. He couldn't look upon his son hanging on that cross. Because at that time, when Jesus was on that cross, and that's what he cried, Eli, Eli, Obama, Sachibanti, which meant, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that moment is when God took and poured the sins of the world out on Jesus. And God cannot look upon sin. God had to turn his face from his dying son on that cross because he couldn't look upon sin. And people say, well, didn't Jesus know? Yes, Jesus knows it. But sometimes Jesus asks a question to make us ask a question. We ask, Lord, how could you do this? And Lord said, because I simply can't look upon sin. And uh, the saying is really probably one of the most misunderstood of the seven sayings. And two, Jesus was also doing something else. He was quoting Psalms 22.1. This was part of what Jesus needed to do. And it, 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 Psalms 22.1, it's about despair and suffering. Jesus probably, I know he did some suffering. I know he did some hurting. And, but also, knowing his father, Jesus knew his father wasn't going to be able to look at him for a short time. He's going to have to turn his face from him because Jesus knew that he was going to have whole, all the sins of the world just all over him. And, and the father could not look at that. And, uh, but anyway, knowing that his father could not look upon sin, but there was a reason why. But see, that is the reason why Jesus came. Is to have the sins of the world put up on him. You know, in the Bible, we always read John 3.16, but that verse right below it, John 3.17. For Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. That's why he came to save us, not to condemn us. But he came to save us. And he was willing to do whatever he had to do to save the world, to save you and me from burning in hell for all eternity. In many ways, many of us, we go through pain and we go through sorrow. We may be tempted to lose sight and the love of how, what the Father feels for us. Father, how could you let this happen? Father, you know I love you. You know I served you. But we've been through some stuff. We've been through pain. We've been through sorrow. We've been through hurt. But what we need to do is keep our eyes on Jesus, on God, just like Jesus did. He knew that God would look at him again. He knew that God had a plan, that things were going to happen. And But like Jesus, you know, just we're to never lose hope in God. We're never to lose hope in God. But we're always to remember we have a promise that we should not, you know, God gave us a promise. Said, For I did not give you the spirit of fear but that of power, love, and a sound mind. He didn't give us the spirit of fear. And Jesus knew that his time was getting awful close. And, you know, I've got to thinking, we sang a song sometime, God on the Mountain. Well, you don't, y'all realize now, when you're high on that mountain and everything's really good and you're praising God and loving God, just remember, when you're down in that valley, that's still the same God. That's still the same God. And he still loves you just as much as he did on that mountain. You may be going through something, but God says, hey, don't 
quit believing. Don't quit hoping. He says, I have a plan for you. And it's just like, it, well, it's just over in uh, like Psalms 23, it says, to have no fear. It's, 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 when I go through the, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. For thou art with me, your rod and your staff, it comforts me. You know, God's saying, hey, you're not going through that valley alone. I'm walking with you. I'm watching over you. I'm taking away that fear. You're one of my sheep. You know, he said his, his rod and his staff comfort him. That rod and that staff had a purpose. That rod was a weapon that the shepherd used when those lambs or those sheep were being attacked. That rod was his weapon. That, that staff, you know what that was for? It was really for unruly sheep. Are you an unruly sheep? Have you ever felt that rod reach out and kind of grab you and yank you back? Well, that's what, that's what the shepherd did with that rod. That sheep would, wouldn't be minding that shepherd. He'd be doing his own thing and wouldn't listen. That, that shepherd would reach out with that staff and that hook. He'd wrap that thing around that sheep's neck and yank him back like... And then that sheep, that sheep, he paid attention then. Sometimes God has to yank us to make us pay attention. <coughs> but he said, I did not give you the spirit of fear. You're to trust in me, believe in me, and walk. Excuse me. The fifth sin on the cross was a word of fulfillment. This was a promise. In John 19, 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. I thirst. Jesus knew he had to say some things. He had to do some. Y'all notice, I kind of choked up. I got me some water. Jesus had refused to drink earlier. But now it was time because he had some things to say. He needed to talk while he was on that cross. He took the... He, he took the, the, the okay, I'm going to put it right there. Earlier... He had declined a soldier's offer to receive sour wine mixed with an anesthetic. You know what that anesthetic was that was mixed with the wine? Myrrh. Don't heard of frankincense and myrrh. Myrrh, many times, was used as an anesthetic. It kind of dulled the pain. If you mix it with a little wine or water or whatever they were drinking, it would dull the pain where you didn't hurt so bad. Jesus <coughs> refused <coughs> to take that earlier. But now it was time because he needed to talk. <coughs> Jesus accepted the wine mixed with vinegar and fulfilled Psalm 69, 21. The psalm reads, Instead, they gave me gall for my food. And for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Vinegar was a real cheap wine. That's what the soldiers, they didn't have money hardly. they get the cheapest wine. When they was out there at the cross, that's what they had. Wine vinegar. 
sour, bitter. And that's what they tried to give Jesus, mixed with some myrrh to help dull the pain. But now, and Jesus wouldn't take it. Jesus said, I don't need anything to dull what I'm fixing to say. But later I will need something so that I can talk. And, uh, but Jesus stayed faithful to the Father's mission, what he had sent him to do. Even in the moments, last moments of his life. No matter what we go through, you know, we need to stay true to God's plan for your life. God's got a plan for your life. He's got things for us to do. And we just need to stay true to what God's plan is and serve Him. The sixth saying on the cross, a word of victory. How can there be victory in death? That's what the cross was. You know, we see a, a lot of people wearing the crosses. When most people looked at the cross back then, they didn't see Christ. They saw torture, pain, and death. Today, but when we see that cross, it makes us think about the victory that Jesus had over death. That's why a lot of people wear it. It's, it's, it's to honor Jesus, to say, this is my Lord, this is my Savior. <coughs> and that sixth saying is a word of victory. It says, John 19.30, it says, When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. Hey, it's true. It's finished. Then bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Or he died. Jesus' words, it is finished, was words of victory. Lord, I have finished what you have sent me to do. I did not fail you, but I completed what you sent me to do. I completed salvation for all mankind. If mankind will accept me and believe upon me, mankind now shall have eternal life. Mankind now will be with us in heaven by their faith and their belief in me. So the, so the words, it is finished, it was a sign of victory. Jesus was victorious. He wasn't defeated. Even though Jesus' death was sorrowful, had a lot of pain in it, he was still victorious because he completed what God sent him to do. Because he had finished what God had sent him to do, salvation for man was now finished. That's why they tra the tragic day is called Good Friday. Jesus defeated death, and he defeated all the tricks and schemes of Satan. Friday was actually a good day for us. And it was a good day for Christ. Because he completed what his father had asked him to do. And the seventh saying, the last saying, a word of trust. Do you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe what he has said is truth? Luke 23, 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the ghost. He gave up his spirit. 
For into your hands I commit my spirit. Father, you have redeemed me, Lord God of truth. He says, I'm with you now. I'll be with you. And Jesus' final words on the cross is another quotation of the Psalms. This time he quotes Psalms 31.5. Jesus quoted a lot, of, a lot of the Psalms because it said that he would do this. This time he quoted Psalms 31.5 which says, Into your hands I commit my spirit, for you have redeemed me, God of truth. And that's what Jesus was saying. You have redeemed me. Even as Jesus breathed his last breath, he trusted his Father's plan for what was going to happen. He trusted God. His trust was well placed because the Father proved his faithfulness on Easter Sunday morning. While everything was grim and gloomy on that Friday afternoon, Jesus had a promise from the Father. Sunday is almost here. Sunday is just almost here. And we're going to, in our life, we're going to, many times, we're going to experience some things. Times of gloom, times of sorrow. But just like Jesus, we can remember our Sunday morning is almost here. That's something to look forward to. That was Resurrection Sunday. Jesus rose to never die again, to be eternal with the Father in heaven. <coughs> and that's where we'll be. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, believe as your Lord and Savior, He says you shall have eternal life. He who believes has the Father, but he who believes not does not have the Father. So he's telling us we must believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior to enter heaven. He says, after he says, For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. In other words, he's saying, You can't get to the Father unless you actually believe in me and who I am, that I truly am the Son of God. When you believe that, the Father's arms are open wide to you. So if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and serve Him, you're heaven bound. You're heaven bound. But those things that Jesus said on the cross, like I said, He showed His love, His mercy, His grace, His compassion. He showed how much He loved us. He showed us how much He cared for us. It showed that, hey, I'm not thinking about me, but I'm thinking about you and what I'm accomplishing for you. And he, what he did, he accomplished victory for every single one of us. Just as he had victory, we have victory by faith in him. So those words meant a whole lot. And this day, Monday on Memorial, I'll say this day, Monday, as they do Memorial Day and we're celebrating, just take a moment, just take a moment, and think about it what Christ did for you. Remember, a memorial is for that person that didn't come back. Well, Jesus came back, but he died. Then came back. You know, we've got a many of the soldiers out there that, that, that knew the Lord Jesus Christ. We mourn them. We love them. We miss them. But many of them 
are alive and in heaven. They made heaven. They just didn't get back here. So if you've got a loved one that has died and they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you better get ready because you're going to have a reunion that will never quit. You're going to see them again. You're never going to say goodbye again. It's just you're going to be with them forever. That's what Jesus did for us. But I'm going to ask the band if they will, if they'll just come up here for a minute. And I'm just, if you just need to come to the altar and say something just to give God praise, just to thank Him or whatever, please do this. Please let Him know how much you love Him and just thank Him for all He's done for us and what He's still doing. He's not through with us. He's still doing a lot. If you're here today and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this would be a good day to do that. I'm, I'm going to offer, I'm going to let the band play. If you'd just like to come to the altar, please do. If you would just like to come and have a prayer, maybe you need a, a healing. You know, God's in the healing business. He's still healing today. He hasn't quit. So y'all, please, give thanks and praise to God if you need to come to this altar and just love on Him for a few minutes. Do. I'm going to ask the band to play. It's not going to be long, and then we'll go next door. And uh, in a minute, before we go, I'll just have a word of prayer, and I'll pray over the meal, so when you get over there, you just go ahead and eat. <laughs>